Hello and welcome to episode 139 of the Mid-Off Cricket Podcast. Mid-Off, because by midway through, you'll probably want to switch off. I'm your host, the man voted most likely to call a spade a fucking shovel, Mick, and let me introduce you to the rest of the team. Uh, next up, the man voted most likely to print out a map, grab a compass and run around Bendigo countryside. Welcome, Ross. And Ross isn't here because somehow Ross has gone missing and we don't know where he is. So he may drop in at some point, so keep an ear out for when he does rock up. But right now, he is absent. Uh, our next co-host is the man voted most likely to lose a barrel making a terrible bet. Welcome, Alex. Yep, um, exactly. Paid out on that uh, yesterday, actually. Um, a barrel bet I can't quite recall the actual specifics of either. I just know I owed one and I paid the money. So. <laughs> Uh, and finally, the man voted most likely to walk out of a function at his former club with a slab of Coopers under his arm. <laughs> Welcome, David. Uh, on top of the shoulder, I believe it was. And, yeah, um, that's the power stance. Yeah, that's it's like it. Adelaide Football Club power stance. Charge me top dollar too for him, bastard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so welcome one and all to the Frederick Harold Sock Company Studios. This is a tight ship production brought to you by Big Lug Enterprises. So we'll start off with our podcast with what we where we normally start off, which is quick, a new segment, Cricket News Slash, who's been a knobhead for the last fortnight. So um, I'll kick off with who's been a knobhead. And that is, it's back-to-back knobheads for this bloke, I think, from memory, Justin fucking Langer. He is just <laughs> a fucking knobhead. So JL, I don't have anything written down for this because I've been fucking saying it all weekend to everyone at the career club who <laughs> asked me, so I'm pretty fucking practised on it. But you're just a fucking idiot, mate. Like, in his, his defence of Joe Burns, and we'll talk about the test match and we'll talk about the junk time runs that he got yesterday, but in his defence of Joe Burns, Langer come out and was quoted as saying, it's pretty hard to get Joe out of the side because in the last couple of years, no one's really made many runs at shield level. <laughs> It's like, okay, no worries. Well, let's have a look at this year, just for fucking starters. We've played three games in the Shield this season. I think it is. Maybe some have played four. Sean Marsh has 450 runs. Uh, Marcus Harris has about 320 or something like that, I think. Um, Then we go back to last year. Nick Madden's made 750. I think Sean Marsh won made about 700 then again. We go back the year before that. We're talking a couple of years. Uh, Marcus Harris made nearly 1,200 runs, which is the reason you're putting the test side in the first fucking place, you sawn off fucking idiot. So it's just whole theory that just makes... it's Nothing's factually based. Everything's made up on feel. Like, he feels yeah. like no one's made runs. It's not true, mate. Cricket's a numbers game, and there's numbers out there to show that people have made fucking yeah. runs, Justin. So it's just yeah. fucking garbage. Yeah, but, it's, a tr- yeah. it's interesting... No. That um, uh, for years, Langer's thing has been said. You know, you've got to make the runs. You've got to. It's really hard to get into the side. Fine, whatever. Yeah, uh, I can sort of understand that from a stability point of view. But you got to work hard. You got to make runs. You know, blah blah blah. And then people finally do. And he's like, "No, nah, we'll pick the bloke not making runs who's mm. incumbent." And it's like, well, uh, just say nothing in the media yeah. about it. Or maybe if you're prompted, you just. Just say, well, this we select things based on how we feel and numbers back up some of it, but feel backs up some of it too. We think we're a good judge of talent. They could just say that so we don't, you know, get frustrated as a, you know, a consumer of the career, get frustrated at the, the rules and stuff that are publicly said that aren't adhered to, you know. Yeah. So, yeah, it's just 
Why, why can't they just say that? It seems so simple to me. Yep. Top five last year. Mick was Maddinson hanging with Mr. Cooper, mm. uh, Sean Marsh, Cameron Green, and Daniel Hughes. And top five so far this year is Will Pekovsky, Sean Marsh again, Head, Cameron Green again, yep. and conceived in a sex tape, Ben McDermott, and then yep. Harris is the same, but in what's that? Four less innings. So. Yeah. So, yeah, I think it's just it's just excuses on excuses. Just Like I said, Alex, they're going to the point where they've just got to say, we want to pick Joe, so we picked yeah. him. Yeah, like, no, and I'd be okay with that. You're not frustrated because they go, look, sometimes it's on numbers, sometimes it isn't, but ultimately we will pick who we think the best side is. End yeah. of story. You don't say, you need to have scored runs or you need to have been mm. in form or you need this experience or you need to be batting here. Because they always say, every, oh, yeah. A reporter will go, why aren't you picking Matthew Wade? Oh, he doesn't bat high enough. Then he yeah. goes about, you know what I mean? Like, just just, just go, well, we're not picking him because we don't think he's the right fit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Interesting, I was looking at these top uh, Sheffield Shield run getters for this year, Michael. And yeah. number 10 sort of piqued my interest. Um, Helen Hunt of Twister fame uh, yeah. is now currently <laughs> playing for South Australia. It's number 10 on the list. It's interesting. Yeah. Uh... But um, oh, the thing I love too about it, like it's like old Jet. We'll just we won't harp on it too much longer because you know it is oh, what it is. Him. But the old Joe Burns thing too is just like I got. And I was saying I said this yesterday. A few bikes at the career club is that there's been that big of a gap between the last time he played a test match to this current test match. We're talking basically a full season because it was end of mm. summer now. We're start of summer, so it's a full winter season. It's passed. We know he's played no cricket apart from a few Shield games. Yeah. He's forming those Shield games. Was, is nearly low enough to get him dropped from Queensland. That should not be enough to get him kicked for Australia. Yeah, anyway. yeah exactly. But um, we'll back and skip off that negative because there's a lot more negative to come in <laughs> when we talk about the uh, in, when we talk about the Test match itself. So, but we just got a little bit of positive. And this is actually a little bit. I won't say it's a breaking story, but as I was putting the last touches on the agenda before we recorded today, this came up on my news feed on Facebook on the cricket. Um, Australia Facebook page. So for the Boxing Day test this year, the best player of the Boxing Day test, so man and match effectively, will now be awarded the Johnny Mulag Medal in tribute to one of the country's finest cricketing pioneers. So for those wondering, who was me when I read this article as well, Johnny Mulag, his real name was Johnny Unamarin. I'm probably butchering that and I do apologise. Uh, he's the man who led the Indigenous squad on the 1868 tour oh. of England. So um, he played 45 of the 47 matches on that tour. <laughs> Far out. And from, all, and from all reports, he was the ultimate all-rounder. So uh-huh. this is a fact that Dan Christian learned because um, when they sent the Indigenous squad over just recently, I think it was 2018, they sent the squad over to basically not reenact it tour, but it was a bit of a celebration of like, I think it was like 150 years or 200 and something years since the original one. Yeah. Um, so it won't be 200, it'll be 150. Yeah, so um, Dan Christian was given um, Johnny Mulag as his legendary pairing and was had to learn about him through, um, rep- basically give a little bit of a report back to the playing group about, well, this is my guy and this is what he did. Yeah. So have a listen to this. So this is the quotes from Christian. He did everything on that tour. He was the skipper. 
He took 245 wickets in those 45 matches. He scored a bucket load of runs, but he doesn't have an exact figure. He even ended up wicket-keeping for a couple of games. So that also means he took 245 wickets in games he possibly didn't even bowl out of those 45 (laughs) games as well. So he also worked for the Melbourne Cricket Club, and he also played in a Boxing Day match in 1866. Right. So there's a fair bit of history there with um with uh Mr. Johnny Mulag. So um yeah, so that's pretty I like this idea actually. I think like with the way things are in the current world environment and probably being a little bit more respectful to indigenous people and people of colour all around the world, I think this is actually a really good idea. The barefoot thing is, you know, not everyone's cup of tea, but I think it's a really good thing to honour um the indigenous people on each Great game that's being played and seems to be working really well. So um, the medal itself will basically be presented officially to the player of the match at the conclusion of the Boxing Day Test against India for the very first time this summer. Um, and what the medal actually is, is which is another unusual thing about this 68 tour, every player that went on the tour was given a belt buckle. So the oh, medal nice. is a, a the medal is a recreation of the belt buckle that the team was given. So that's so it's a bit of a it's a bit of an unusual looking medal, but I like the cool idea behind it. Yes, Alex. That's perfectly cricket. Yeah. Like, the, yeah. like in uh, fifty years time, someone will be like handing over the belt buckle, and people will go, yeah. "What the fuck does that mean?" You know. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so it's effectively like I've, they had the photo of the medal in the article. It's effectively a belt buckle with a lovely big green ribbon on it, like you get at a um, Commonwealth Games type thing. Oh yeah, okay. yeah. brilliant. Yeah. Love so it. um. Yeah, so with the obviously, unfortunately, this year with the COVID and all that type of thing, the um the medal will be presented and there'll be a short video message um to accompany it. So the plan going forward will be that a um descendant of different members of the eighteen sixty eight team will be the person who rep- who actually presents the medal each year. So uh, this year is um it's Uncle Richard Kennedy, who's the great great grandson of um, one of the all rounders that um, went on the tour. He, the man has a lovely long name that I'll butcher, so I'm not going to say the guy. <laughs> it's, it's like, um, I'll give it a credit, Yangandingayuk, I think it is, yeah. There's a few more letters in there I might have skipped over. But, yeah, so basically he's – so this chap's a great, great grandson of one of the guys who toured, so he'll be representing – he'll be giving the video message to whoever wins the medal this year in the boxing day team. I think that's a pretty cool piece. It adds a little bit something yeah. extra to Boxing Day as well because, you know, no matter, but the, pink, the pink test has its thing in Sydney, but Boxing Day slightly kind of um, has lost its spot maybe is because of the pink test as the number one test in Australia like it has in the past. So this probably adds a little bit to it, which is a nice touch. I think it's, yeah. um, it should be uh, should be interesting and see how it goes going forward. So, yeah. Um, that's it for cricketing news. So there's not really too much else. Apart from games being played, which we'll touch on now, there's not really too much else in the world of cricket news really going on. Like no one's getting, no one's been given bans or anything like that. Like as most people would have seen on um, social media, Chris Lynn and um, one of the other blokes from the Heat got breached COVID by t- going to a pub and taking selfies with fans because you know, because you know, as we all know, Chris Lynn's a fucking idiot. So that's that was bound to happen. If anyone's going to do it, it's going to be Chris Lynn. So yeah. <laughs> but, um, but, yeah, so we'll move on. We'll talk about international cricket. And the only really international cricket, well, there's more than this game going on, but the one we care about is the first test between Australia and India, Ooh. which um, 
wound up yesterday. So it was at the Adelaide Oval. It was a day-night pink ball test. Um, so, yeah, India won the toss. Coley turned to the sheds. Shadow batted out of forward defence to let the openers know they had to bat up. <laughs> and, no. um, yeah, it's fair to say it looked like it didn't appear to be the best decision when uh, – uh, Indian opener, Privy Shaw, was dismissed second ball of the innings for a duck. So all I'll say to Mr. Shaw is um, don't get down on yourself, mate, because all great openers have done something that have done that over the journey. So you won't be the oh, first. Yeah. You're not the first, and you definitely will not be the last bloke to do that. I've seen the bloke of the season. And yeah, <laughs> you've, you've had that honour. <laughs> I welcomed a new bat. I opened a new. I welcomed a new opening batting partner this week. Or no, last week we batted twice together now, and he has faced three balls and made two ducks. So I don't think you like. That. I don't think you like that with me too much because he fucking he's, he's out of there quick spot. So yeah. So um, the Indians would slump to two for thirty-two before a partnership uh, between Pajara and Kohli of sixty-eight runs, as well as it was followed up with a partnership between Kohli and Rahane of eighty-eight runs. Um, so that really got the Indians back on track. And in what has to be the boneheaded move of the summer, Rahane run Coley out for 74 with a yes, no, yes, no, fuck's sake. And, and Coley was on his way. So um, Rahane probably would have booked his ticket home if Coley wasn't going home himself for the birth <laughs> of his first child. So Rahane might see out the summer at least because Coley's not going to be around to uh, grab a stick off the tree out the back and whack him over the head oh. with it for running him out. But, um, so the Indians would end up being rolled for 244 off 93.1 overs. Pick um, of the Aussie bowling, pardon me, was the, um, was Mr. Body Language himself, Mitch Starr, took four for 53. He um, basically, first, with both new balls, when they got, he just, he just gets that pink ball to bark at the start. He just, he just, he's something else with the pink ball in his hand. Uh, Paddy Cummings also picked up three for 48. So they took the bulk of the wickets there. Um, so there, so then the makeshift opening Aussie pair of Wade and Burns would walk their way out to the middle and they both um, dotted up for a while. They'd eventually get to 80 before they were dismissed. Um, yeah, I don't know. Like people, I've had a lot of people try and tell me that Burns was unlucky with his LBW. I don't know. The DRS showed us hitting the stumps, and that's the fucking rule. So you're out cunt on your bike. So, um, yeah. Yeah. well, it's like it wasn't unlucky. Like, not reviewing the Coley one because it kisses his glove on the way past. That's possibly unlucky. Yeah. But reviewing one that's hitting the stumps and being like, oh, his umpire's call is a bit stiff. No, he's not. He's in the fucking stumps. Yeah. yeah. I'm with you. Um, so anyway, Marnus, um, he didn't, he was, he was being weird is the nicest yeah. way to put it. Fuck off he was. He went full, like he went like Steve Smith plus, like he went beyond Steve Smith in weirdness. It was fucking yeah, ridiculous. It was something to behold. But... <laughs> Not a fan bull. Oh, was... fucking stupid. Yeah. He got to 40, <laughs> he got to 47. He never truly looked comfortable. Nah, if you're going to no, be no. really honest, like. It's a bit like they talk about Finty. Like, Finty's a man who can make a ton and never look comfortable. <laughs> Manus, like, he did not look comfortable at all batting yeah. during this one. Did he um, drop, like, three times? Yeah, I think he did. Yeah, he got yeah. dropped at, He got dropped a six at fine leg. And yeah. so he had a bit of luck on his side as well. Um, and, he wrote, and he wrote it right to the end, so you can't grudge a bloke for that. But the, uh, the man of the first Australian innings was the skipper. Tim Payne, who actually batted really, really, really well to get 73 not out. Um, 
care. Like, honestly, if he had a few blokes who could have stayed with him, he probably would have made a ton. Like, I know we like yeah. to give him shit about not making tons, but um, he batted really well, really tough conditions, just ran out of blokes to bat with him, to be honest. The yeah. guys tried the lower order to stay with him, but, you know, against that pink ball, if, you, if you're not quite there, it's pretty hard to... Um, out in the middle for too long, but yeah, I thought he batted really well, Pony. And um, he did cause, and we'll talk about this now. It did cause an interesting um, conversation slash heated conversation, almost argument between Warney and Mike Hussey in the commentary box. When Mike Hussey made the ridiculous statement that Tim Payne's keeping and captaincy is good enough that even if he didn't make runs, you would pick him. <laughs> And I'm just like, no, it's not, Michael. And for once, I had to agree with Warnie because Warnie just looked at me and went, no, come on, mate. Like, it's just not. Like, it's not. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, Payne is a good keeper and he's arguably probably the best clubman in Australia. But if Alex Carey was at shield level making tons and Payne wasn't skipper, you'd put Carey in there. Yeah. So, yeah, but, yeah. Look, yeah. yeah. I the think there's is, a certain amount of runs needed yeah. to be made by Payne. None is a stupid comment. Yeah. But, like... Mm. I can accept him not making a ton yeah. for the rest of his career. As yeah. long as, you know, there's a 40 or 50 or 30, you know, contributing at some form. On innings like this is fine. Like, yeah, 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 absolutely. He's yeah. probably, if you sort of discount some of the Australian bowling, he's probably the difference in both teams from a batting perspective yeah. right yeah. in this game. Yeah, no one yeah. else really got going and he was able to... Yeah, yeah, and that's well, true. Like, so got Oli got seventy four. Steve got uh, so, no. We don't call him that. Sorry, Pajara, Cheshwa. Don't we? He got um forty odd mm-hmm. as well. Yep. I think. Yep. Um. So yeah, but Payne was right up there in terms of highest scores across the entire yeah. thing. I think in the context mm-hmm. of the game when he come in as well at five for very very little. Yes. Yeah. Yes. yes. That's the other part of the it. Tail and get some. Yeah. Yeah. But um. No, he just sort of looked more fluent, even though yeah. like, he rode his luck. He got dropped early. Mm. Um, and also, he, a few nicks over slip and all yeah. this sort of stuff. Yeah, but... I don't know how he bats. So that, that quite, yeah. it's, like, it's like being upset. Wade, he does that. Like, it's kind of tough. Yeah. Yeah, 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 he plays his far shots. More, sure. mm. Far more attacking than any other Australian batsman. Yeah. yeah. And, the, and, the and the Indian Indians, yeah, true. Yeah. yeah. But um, as we do talk about pain and how he doesn't make enough runs and all that, he now sits second only behind Adam Gilchrist for week for Australian wicket keepers <laughs> test average wise. So he's that seventy three not out test average jumped him above Haddon. and now he only sits now he only sits behind Gilly. So for a bogey can't bat, that's pretty good going. So that's well done. <laughs> what was my mind that Tim Payne has a better average than Haddon? Yeah, because everyone was like, well, no, no one really went. Oh, Haddon's a shit bat. Yeah, they're like, oh, his... the keeping thing, but he makes runs. You yeah. Know? Um, silly batsman and atta- overly attacking in some point in time, or most most of the time he played. But you never thought I never looked at him and thought he's shit. At no, like yeah, I never thought that batting was his fucking weakness. Put it that way. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. That's more eloquently way of, mm. eloquent way of saying it. But yeah, but yeah. Um, so in terms of the uh, bowling for the um, Indians, um, Ashwin took four for fifty five, and Umesh Yadav took three for forty to take the bulk of their wickets. Um, well, um, Shami bowled quite well. It was probably a little, little bit unlucky not to get a few more wickets. Um, as a unit, to be fair, they, they bowled pretty well. And that happens when you roll aside for what we make, like 130 or 40 or whatever it was. Yeah, it so, yeah. So, 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 yeah, everyone bowls pretty well in that situation. But speaking of bowling well, so we got the second <laughs> time the Indians had a bat. And India would post the seventh lowest score 
in the history of test cricket, the lowest score in the history of, of Indian test cricket, as they were rolled for 36. Jesus. But, so, to put this, so to put this into perspective, um, in the top 10, there are only two scores post-1955. That is this score, and the score just after it, which is 38 from memory, which was Ireland in their very first test ever against yeah. England. Um, so when we start talking post-55, that means every other one that has a ridiculously low score like this is through the is like 55 minutes, like 20s and 1900s and all that. Yeah. We're talking uncovered pictures. We're talking yeah. just minefields, all types of things. So it's um, it's definitely an interesting piece of history that the Indians yeah. have picked themselves up <laughs> yesterday. Um, yeah. Not one player past 10. Um, the opener, Agarwal, was top scorer with nine. It was three or four ducks. Um, so it was just not good reading if you're an uh, Indian supporter. So the hero for the Aussies was uh, Big Josh Hazel or Big Moni. Took five for eight off five overs. <laughs> and three of those overs were made, which means he got carded in the other two <laughs> overs. So, but, um, Four and over. Yeah, terrible. Terrible. Um, at the other end, Pat Cummings would take four for 21. Uh, Mitch Stark, contrary to popular belief that people tried to tell me all day yesterday that Stark didn't get a bowl, if I could open the bowl and come and yes. not take it off, then Hazel would do the fucking job. So, and he bowled well, um, too. He just yeah, just didn't get wickets, yeah. So, um, to add a little bit more insult to injury for the um, visitors, uh, Mohamed Chami retired hurt and suspected he has a broken arm and probably will not Jesus. play the rest of the tour. Yeah, so like it hurt Did not lot. look good, no. So, um, yeah, so the Aussies would roll out yesterday afternoon slash early evening, requiring 90 for victory. Uh, they would pass that total two down as old junk time Joe Burns scored 51 not out. <laughs> Matty um, Wade would get 33. Marnus would play the worst shot in the history of fucking cricket to go out for two. And Smithy would get a little bit not out. I don't know what he got because I didn't pay him enough attention. But um, Joe Burns, in perfect summary of just how Joe Burns is going, smashed it straight to fine leg, hit the winning run to then fine leg, parried it. In fairness, it would have been an unbelievable stop. But Jumped up and then parried it over the fence for six to bring up the winning runs and bring up Joe Burns's. Um, all I'll say is junk time. Like they were runs and they were test runs and they're test fifty, but it's just the whole Mark War thing. You fucking oh, think yeah. you're gonna get him out of the side and the cunt <laughs> makes a score and like Langer come out hugging him and fucking kissing him and fucking oh, licking yeah. his ass. Like mate, calm down. Like I know he's your teacher's pet, but fuck me, like Christ Almighty. Langer's come a long way since screaming oh. over the loudspeaker at Marcus, Marcus Harris, Harris. And kicking him out of a yeah. state. <laughs> Interesting to see what happens with India moving forward now. Yeah. They would have been pretty bullish about their chances coming out of yeah. the best team in the world and then mm. to Go in with a lead of you know sixty odd or whatever it was yeah. on the first innings, and then just getting absolutely smashed, you know, for thirty. Your mm-hmm. best players going home. One of your best bowlers has probably got a broken arm. It's yeah. and they're going to go to a bloke in. Is it? I think Ajika Rahane has taken over as captain for yes. the series, and you know he's not really setting the world on fire at the minute. So, mm-hmm. um, one of the things with Coley going home, and we suspect now for the rest of the year. Um, I just got a stat here. The last time, so Virat Kohli in 2020 didn't make a one-day hundred. 
Yep. Uh, Last time that happened in ODI cricket was 2008. He had, didn't make a test 100 in 2020. And the last time he didn't make a test 100 was 2011. So every right. year from 2008 to yep. this year, he's made an ODI 100, at least one. Yeah. And his first year of test cricket says 2011 on this list. And that was the last time he didn't make a test 100 yeah. in calendar year. It's fucking unbelievable numbers, really. And, yeah. And he's been close this tour in the ODI games. He got a couple of 70s and then yeah. 70 odd on the test um, in the test. Uh, match recently, so yeah, it's interesting to show that if you can get him out, um, you know, you can put pressure on all the other blokes around him. Yeah, him and um, him and Pajar are definitely one and two when it comes to the prize wickets out of that batting lineup, yeah, like, especially um, overseas for an Indian, yeah, mm, yeah. The key wickets. And I, mm. I predict uh, Pajar to just go even more into his sort of slow batting shell. Yeah. I think he yeah. will try and just bat for as long as he can. I don't see him playing a shot ever. With Coley gone, especially after the this you know, getting rolled for spit. Yes. I think, yep. yeah, and I think, yeah, I don't think that's the right choice. I think he should play some more shots, personally. Yeah. Right. The, the inevitable talk becomes of the MCG pitch now. And oh, yes. if it is, I know last year it was a pretty good wicket uh, from memory. Um, but yeah, there's been a couple that have just been sort of low and slow yeah. test wickets. So if Pajara gets one of them, he could bat for five days. He'll do what oh, Book did. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, goodbye mm. forever. So yeah. I think uh, we're probably mm. projecting forward a little bit, but I think one of the ways that we could potentially fix that issue with the MCG, if it's still an issue, is have daylight tests there on Boxing Day yeah. instead, of a, instead of just a normal day test. We know that day-nighters generally tend to get results, um, sometimes yeah. too quickly, as is the Adelaide game shows, but <laughs> mm. it might be one of the ways that they can potentially look to get a result more often than not at the G, should they... Look to go down that path. Yeah, and this was a, this kind of leads into the point that um, Warney was was talking about during the coverage as well. Is that do they remove the red kookaburra altogether, even in day games, and use the pink one because it's more um, conducive oh, yeah. to a little bit of swing? And that the problem is they get soft quick, so the new ball would have to be at like sixty or seventy overs uh, okay. instead of ninety. But um, but yeah, like so. What that would do is a pitch like um, Melbourne, it might actually, the ball moving around a bit might actually spice mm. the game up a little bit. Yeah. So it's, that's an interesting point. The other thing we've got here in Australia at the minute, which most of the world probably is well aware of, is that we've had another COVID outbreak in Sydney, mm. um, which looks like all the borders will be getting closed and the Sydney test may be up in the air. Yeah. So there is... There is whispers at the moment that Melbourne will possibly get two tests Shit. Yeah. or Brisbane will get two tests because if they send the squads into Sydney, they're not going to be able to get them back out to go to Brisbane. Yeah, so, without two yeah. quarantine and shit. Yeah. yeah, so the word is that at the moment they're leading towards Melbourne getting two. Um, so then the question there is, is will they have... The other thing is, like, we um, do you do... Boxing Day red, New Year's test, uh, pink, and see which one. And then better. that's how you work out which one works better because the same, effectively the same pitch, same ground, same yeah. thing. Do one red, do one pink, and see fucking which one actually yeah. creates better. a bit more entertainment. You two are the, the bowlers of this group. So mm. uh, would you, 
would you be willing to sort of sacrifice? So let's say you use the pink ball when Warney says it gets a bit soft too early. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But you'd be, you'd almost be willing to sacrifice those last sort of 15 overs from 65 to 80 or whatever. Mm. If you got more swing up front. So instead of it just going nude from the second over, yeah. if you got 15 to 20 of it moving through the air, you know, you might be okay with that to go, okay, yeah, let's just use a pink ball the whole time because we get some yeah. more, we get better movement early on and we don't mind if it gets a yeah. bit softer towards the end. Yes, so it also might promote spin bowling a bit earlier. Mm. Um, if the ball gets soft and it's not yeah. worth running in off 50 steps and sending down a thunderbolt that just sticks in the pitch and as doesn't move off the square. Mm. And it might, that might also promote a more spinning wicket too. Um, if they want, you know, the groundskeeper's like, well, how can we make this test, you know, more enjoyable? Yeah. Let's make it turn a bit so the spinners get a bit of a crack in those dead dead overs of the last 15 to 20 overs. Yep. Yeah, I think so. I think I'll come with that. Like, I'd be prepared to sacrifice it. Like, I think what it'll do as well is that a few of these, and he's not necessarily the best example of it, but a few of these kind of flat track bullies like Warner and that as well, it'll probably make life a little bit more challenging for some of those yeah. type of batsmen. So it'll actually require a little bit more effort at the top of the order, which in some circumstances, especially batting in Australia, um, isn't necessarily as hard as... Some people make it look at the moment. Like, I've seen Adelaide for Wade and Burns, a pink ball made it difficult. Yeah. But I'd tell you what, if you had put, if you had the exact same situation with a red ball, Wade and Burns probably wouldn't have had the struggles that they had yeah. at the top of that order. So um, I definitely think that the pink ball will um, make it more interesting from that point of view as well. And, like, and I get, like, and you know what, like, I'll be honest, like, I, I'm probably in the fucking minority on this. But I don't mind watching like what Warner did to Pakistan last year. Like I don't yeah. mind watching <laughs> someone fly three hundred in two days and just fucking dominate with the bat. Because I know I enjoy watching batting. It's probably part of why I don't mind watching T Twenty cricket as well. Because I enjoy watching fucking batting. Yeah. And T Twenty is batsman game. No matter what anyone yeah. wants to say, you have as many Rashid Khan's, Muhammad Nabis as you want. People go to watch fucking Inchi, Chris Lynn. Ben McDermott, those type of plays. That's who they're going to watch. So, like, don't get me wrong. I don't want to see, like, everyone make 600 and everything's a draw. So, you want. So I think what we do is, if I bring in the pink ball, is you even the playing field up. You don't make it. Don't people go, oh, it makes a bowler dominant. In the day, in the day night, it kind of does because it swings a bit more in the night. But I think if you brought it in for day tests, it yeah. would still swing, but it wouldn't be. Because in the night time, it fucking turns into a two piece ball, basically. Yeah. Like, so I think if you use it in day test, it'll swing a bit, but it won't swing that much. So it will definitely close the gap. Much like having the Dukes ball, I guess the red Dukes ball does that. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, I, I don't think, it's not the worst idea Warney's ever had. Like, he's had plenty of fucking yeah. car worse ideas than that. <laughs> Hence that fucking hat he's been wearing. That's up there. Oh, so. we have to talk about that. Oh, him and his what happened to his advanced hair? Something's oh. happened. He's we'll obsessed, with peaky, he's obsessed with peaky blinders. No, <laughs> no, no, but no, it's part of it. I don't think that's the sole reason, Alex, but it's definitely part <laughs> of it. Because every time he's commentated this year, it's like he's been building to this fucking moment. He's talked about every game. He's <laughs> talked about, he said something about, pe- he said something about peaky blinders or he's made it like there's some like catchphrase from peaky blinders or yeah, something. Yeah. <laughs> I'll admit I haven't watched it. I'm one of the no, people yeah, who hasn't watched it. Good. Yeah, I've heard it's very good. I know Dave likes it. But there's yeah. something from Peggy Bonders and Warnie always slips it in his commentary. So it's like he's been building 
the, the summer of like the T20s and the ODIs, he's been building up to wearing this hat for the fucking he's, test matches. David Lloyd used to wear him all the time in the yeah. comp box too, didn't he? He but, just wants to be like he's from a, mate. from a guy who had all the world's worst haircuts, fake yeah. haircuts yeah. all the time, to just suddenly have a hat that you'd never see him out of. Yeah. Or not wearing, I'm like something's happened. Like they reckon the glue's much, gone a bit wrong. Too yeah. much, yeah. Acid on the glue or something. He's just got <laughs> just a burnt scalp going on. Maybe the laser was broken, so they couldn't trim it properly. <laughs> so you had to wear you had to wear the hat. Mate, yeah. no. going back to your point around watching Warner smash 300, and you know sometimes you like to see one side of the game yeah. dominate the other. How good was it the other day? Like it's it's the morning session, so it's not. Swinging around corners or whatever it is, and yeah. just to see a team come out and dominate a batting lineup, yeah, and rolling. It's like watching Stuart Broad rip through us in England. Like it was yeah. just unbelievable stuff to watch. Mm. Like every time you looked at the screen, it was another two wickets down, or you know something was always happening. It's, yeah, well, we're, we're, watch that. Yeah, like we were playing cricket yesterday, and one of the kids' dads like leans over the fence and goes, "Oh yeah, they're nine for 36. More like, "Yeah, okay, mate, no worries." Off you yeah. <laughs> you're uh, you've, you've, you're on your off you off you go, mate. You've got something yeah. wrong there. Uh, uh. And you turn around and you look at the screen, and like because we're walking off the ground, and you're looking at the club rooms where you can see the TV from the ground at our club, and you see them all high fiving because I think they've taken the last wicket or. Yeah. Whatever, or might have been when they break Chammy's arm and they're walking off, yeah. and it's just like, oh no, he's fucking right. They have rolled them. It's insane. <laughs> yeah. Mm. yeah, yeah. So I was down to probably just get these updates, and you like mm-hmm. take a sip of your beer, and then like they go, oh no, yeah. they're eight for. You're like, what happened? They were five for like <laughs> a sip of beer, three wickets. Amazing. Yeah. It's yeah. Mm. And I want to say about that test, I think from both sides, and the pitch, like you know the periods of time where it hoops around and stuff was the day-night test, but the pitch wasn't overly conductive to wickets. Um, the, you know, surrounding uh, environment and it wasn't too humid, wasn't overcast for most yeah. of the time. It was too windy for it to swing too much, but the bowling from both sides, I think it's, I haven't, don't reckon I've seen a test that I can remember mm. where the bowling from both sides have been so good. Yeah. Like, yeah, just they're... every single bowler. There wasn't some shit truck, you know. I was thinking, oh, you miss Yadav, you know. He's not really that good. Belted, he, yeah. He, yeah, mm. you know, he'll go for a few runs, but, you know, Shami and um, Boomer are guns and Ashwin's yeah. Ashwin. But, it's like, probably... even himself, sorry? Yeah, I know you're right. You're right. I was just yeah. going to say, it's probably, maybe aside from England, it's probably the two best bowling attacks in best cricket. So Yeah, I think so. Yeah, so it was, um, it was always going to be a good match for that, I think. Yeah, but just yeah. Like to, for the, the discipline and the right. length of the bowling, like it, when mm. India were digging in, Australia didn't lose it and start bowling on their pads. Yeah, they never got it away. If you know what mm. I mean, it's just an amazing test for bowlers. You know, mm. yeah. All right, so final point. So, uh, so the Aussies end up winning by eight wickets. Uh, man of the match was Tim Payne, three seventy three, not out. Um, Josh Hayes was probably a touch stiff there, but <laughs> considering. Um, the way it was to bat, that 73 was very, like we thought, but it was very, very impressive. Um, man, match referee was David Boone. Um, oh, uh, ICC you. test champion points. Australia got 30 and India got the old goose egg zero. Oh, I, think, I don't think you get anything if you lose in that. I don't, I don't think it's like the um, shield net where you actually get points. Yeah. All righty. So from there, we're going to just... Um, have a quick run through what's happened in the BBL so far this year. So the BBL started 
between um, this podcast and our last podcast. So there's been, not including the match today that's been played at the moment, there's been 10, 10 matches. One got washed out, but there's been, there was 10 scheduled matches. So we're just going to quickly go through them. I'll try not to bore everyone with numbers, but we'll kind of just touch on some of the key points in the games. Uh, so the start of the season, match one. So for those um, playing at home, there's two hubs. There's one in Tassie and one in Sydney, which um, is going to get fucking really interesting with the Sydney hub <laughs> with what's going on in Sydney. So um, that'll make the BBL very interesting. But So match one, um, Hobart Hurricanes defeated the Sydney Sixers by 16 runs. Uh, the Hurricanes were bat first. They got eight for 178. Tim David, the man with two first names, got 58. <laughs> Big Colin Ingram got 55. And for the Sixers, Benny, that was for the Hobart boys. Benny, for the Sixers, Benny Dorchus would take three for 38 with that fantastic oh. mustache of his. Uh, the Sixers would make six for 162 in reply. It's not enough runs. Didn't lose all their wickets chasing, so that's a little bit yeah. disappointing. Um, Steamed white rice, James Vince would get 67. <laughs> and Jack Edwards, for those playing at home, was the young chap. The surfy dude with the long blonde hair is subfield yeah. in the SCG test a few years back. He got 47 at the top of the order. Um, the the oh, I think, guy for Hobart, I think he's a league spinner. He took two for 22. James Faulkner, I think his name is. Uh, the yeah, out of the back of the hand. Yeah. yeah, got heaps of different variations. Got a Dutra. Yeah, yeah. Oh. and the uh, the music festival, young Riley Meredith took two for 29 and was bowling absolute gas. So um, he'll be one. He'll be one to watch in the coming years, I reckon. So, but um, in terms of votes for the Cambodges medal, Tim David got the three, James Vince got the two, and I gave the one to Benny Dorsius. Um, I've changed Jay Dernbach this year because I forgot the rules. So James, the Jay Dernbach, instead of being the worst international player this year, is just the worst player for the game. So we're going Fair. the old Triple M worst vote style. So, but I haven't done votes. I just picked one bloke. Yes, Alex. We should. Change the name to the Durnbach something metal, like the Border Gaviscar. Oh, so like the Jay Durnbach Marcus Stoinis medal or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think we had Andrew Johns as the worst player. Oh, yeah, that's yeah, right. So, so the so, Durnbach Johns. Yes, I guess. So, so all right. Well, it's the end. Yeah, we'll, we'll call this one will be a combo. It's the Durnbach Johns medal. Yep. So um, for this match was um, Ross's man, Garinda Sandu, who went at tens and over for his bowling. So he got oh, the worst on. Um, from there, we moved to match two. So match two was the Melbourne Stars defeated the Brisbane Heat by six wickets. This had a little bit in it, this game, because um, as we know, the Heat this year, there's been a bit of an exodus out from last season. A lot of players have moved out and spread across the competition. One of those players was Nathan Coulter-Nile, who in the days before this match effectively come out and said the reasons he was given in his exit interview for why they weren't happy with his behaviour, he did not agree with. And he did not believe that the things they said he wasn't doing, he what he in his opinion he was doing, and basically said the Brisbane Heat culture's fucked and he left. Yeah. So that was very interesting because they put that to Darren Lehman on the coverage. And Lehman goes, Nathan's entitled to his opinion and we'll just leave it at that. So apparently Linny was dirty with Coulton Isle as well. So it was very right. uh so there's a little bit in this game. So uh the Brisbane Heat um Batted first, they got rolled for 125. Uh, Tom Cooper top scored for them, so he's left the Renegade and gone up to the Heat. He got top scored with 26. Um, and the man we're just speaking of, the old uh, hyphen, Nathan coulton Mile, took four for 10 off 3.5 overs. So he uh, he let the ball do the talking after. Well, he, he talked twice. He talked in the interview and talked <laughs> to the ball. Uh, so the Stars would chase the runs four down. They got four for 129 in the end. 
Big Hank, Hilton Cartwright made 46. Hey. And the big show, Glennie Maxwell got 46 as well. Pick of the bowling for the heat was Jack Wood. He got two for 28. So the votes for the Borgus, uh, NCN, Nathan Cook-Nile got three. I gave the two to Big Show and the one to Cartwright just because Big Show batted faster. Um, the Dernback Johns medal was Simon Malenko, the man yeah. of a thousand holds. He made a duck and bowled <laughs> one ball that got hit for four and lost the game. So he gets the worst on. Um, a bit, yeah, stiff, with the, a bit stiff with the last one, but yeah. Uh, match three, the Stars doubled up. They fucking played back-to-back. So um, they back, played back. the Thunder. So it was the battle of who's the greenest team in town. Uh, the Stars come out on top with winning by 22 runs. So the Stars would make eight for 169. Storm Clock would get jump, 61. Jump. And the Big Show would get 39. Ooh. Pick of the bowling for the uh, Thunder was Dan Sams would get two for 24. And Young Spinner. Tanvir Sanger would get two for 26. Toasty. Yeah, so I'm not sure if he... I couldn't find anywhere whether he's the brother of Jason Sanger, but it's sure it's spelt the same, so it's a pretty big fucking coincidence if they're not related. So I'm going to work on the theory that they fucking are. Two blokes from yeah. Sydney with the same last name. Uh, so the, the truth get in the way of what we're yeah, doing. Yeah, that's it. No. So, he's only a young no. chap too by looking. He looked like he was about 18 or 19. So, What's yeah. his name? Tan V Sanger, isn't Tan it? Tan V Sanger, yeah. Um, so one's Jason and one's Tan V. So, yeah, that's an interesting one. Uh, so Sydney Thunder is 9 for 147. Cal Ferguson got 54. Cal Ferg. Should fucking retire more often. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, John Fardham of cricket. Yeah. last show. It's the last um, one. And Alex Hales really kicked it off at the top of the innings to get 46. Um, Liam Hatcher got three for 28. Adam Zampa got two for 10 for the Stars. So the, uh, the Borgie vote, Stoinis got three, Hatcher got two, Zampa got one. Uh, Dernbach medal was Clint Hinchcliffe. He didn't get many runs, not many wickets, and he's got one weird fucking moustache, so he gets the worst on for that. <laughs> yeah, fuck off, Hinchcliffe. Uh, match four, we've got the mighty, mighty Melbourne Renegades defeated the Perth Scorchers by seven wickets. So the Scorchers have got rolled for 130. Uh, Brad's son, Aaron Hardy, got 33. And uh, Ashton Turner, I think he's a bit of a spinner, he got 24. Um, pick of the bowling for the Gades was Josh Layla in his first game for the Renegades after leaving the Heat. So he's another one who left the Heat. Uh, he got three for 30. And old Cold Drip Kane. Richardson got three for 22. Uh, the Renegades would get the runs three down. They got three for 131. Marshy will get 62. That's Sean Marsh. Um, and the skipper, Aaron Finch, will get 35. High Richardson was the best of the Scorchers, getting two for 20 with the ball. Uh, votes were three to Marsh, two to Laylor, one to Kane. Josh Laylor's probably a little bit stiff, but fucking we all love batsmen to batsmen get votes. Um, Jay Dernbach slash Johns was the big. It was Colin Munro, the big hitting New Zealand who made New Zealander who made a duck. Um, match five, the Hurricanes beat the Strikers by eleven runs. Um, Hurricanes got one seventy four. Darcy Short made seventy four at the top of the innings, and Young Will Jacks got thirty four. Wes Agar got two for twenty eight for the Strikers. Uh, strikers would get uh, would be nine for one hundred sixty three at the close of their innings. The uh, unlikely superstar with the bat in this game was. Penis on the pitch, DJ Dan Worrell, who got 62 not out. Jesus. So, and uh, that leg spinner from Hobart got some more wickets again. James Fortney got 3 for 21. 
So uh, the Borges medal was three votes to Darcy Short, three to Dan Worrell, and one to James Faulkner. The uh, Dernbach Johns medal was Peter Siddle. Because just fucking look at him. If you don't know what I'm talking about, <laughs> go to our Facebook page and have a look at the photo of the bloody weirdo. But um, and he, didn't, he actually didn't do much either, so fucking he gets it. Uh, Sydney Sixers defeated the Renegades in match six. Uh, they won by 145 runs. Yes, I said that correctly. 145 runs. So the Sixers batted first, unsurprisingly, when you win by that many runs. Um, <laughs> they got four for 205. Josh Philippe had, had cruel intentions with the bat, and he made 95. <laughs> That's a shocker. <laughs> <laughs> he got 95. So was pretty unlucky not to get a ton. He got jinxed. One of the commentators said that he was going to make a ton. I think Junior did, and he got fucking out next ball. Uh, the long neck, the King Brown, Jordan Silk, got 45, <laughs> not out. Um, with the ball, uh, Peter Hatsoglu took two for 40. He is the spinner that um, the Renegades plucked out of the Melbourne Uni Premier yeah. team. He was playing third 11 at the start of the year, apparently. So, And from all accounts, the story put on his social media, he still has the third 11 captain at Melbourne Uni, 10 bucks for the umpire from about three weeks ago. So um, <laughs> the Renegades would get rolled for 60. Jeez. That's right, fucking 60. Better still better than India, than India but still 60. <laughs> um, I didn't write down any of the Renegade batting, unsurprisingly. Yeah. Um, the bowling best of the ball was Betty Dorshus for the Sixers for 4 for 13. And Sock wound back his clock and took 3 for 16. I thought you were going to say enough. Sock rolled back the clock and got pissed somewhere. Yeah, well, I was going to say, <laughs> 3 for 16 is his ratio of beers to bourbon. But yeah, so... Um, <laughs> Allegedly. So the Canborgus, <laughs> the Canborgus votes were uh, three to Josh Philippe, two to Benny Gorchus, and one to Steve O'Keefe. Uh, <laughs> the Dernbuck Johns medal was the entire Melbourne Renegades team. Um, <laughs> that's going to make the that's going to make the voting at the end of the year quite difficult. Uh, oh, I just literally just I've kept this chart and I've just got Renegades in red. <laughs> Imagine if the whole team wins it. <laughs> Brilliant. Uh, so, yeah. yeah, they're sure for that. Match seven, uh, Sydney Thunder defeated the Heat by four wickets. Um, Heat batted first, they got 178. Uh, Chrissy Lynn would get 69. Chomp, chomp. Chomp, yes. chomp. Mm. Uh, fav- one of Ross's favourites, John O'Cook, the weird looking spinner from the uh, Sydney Thunder, took two for 13. And Dan Sam's got himself another couple of wickets at two for 32. Uh, Sydney Thunder would make six for 180 in reply. That man again, Dan Sands, would get 65 not out. Had a bit of a day, old Dan. And uh, the Wildebeest, Jack Wildermuth, would be the best bowler for the Heat, taking three for 23. So the Borgus medal there was Dan Sands gets a three. You gave Jakey Wildermuth the two and Chrissy Lynn the one. Uh, the the Dernback Johns medal was Benny Laughlin, who went for 14.6 and over and oh. lost the game. So there was two overs to go. And the Thunder needed 20 off two overs. Yeah. He bowled hip-high full tosses, and Dan Sam's got all 20 off his over to win the game. Yeah. So, yeah, Dan Pana Sam... Gave him, Pana yeah. gave him both barrels in the commentary box. Yeah, too. Dan Sam's was on about 40-odd before Benny Laughlin's over and finished 65 not out. So, <laughs> so he definitely gets to do it back, Johns. He's probably the leader. Even though everyone's all, everyone in the clubhouse has one vote, <laughs> he's got the biggest one vote. Yeah. He's at the fucking top. Yeah. <laughs> So, uh, match eight is the Strikers defeated the Hurricanes by five wickets. Uh, Hurricanes got rolled for 146. Benny McDermott got 46. 
Um, and big Colin Ingram of New Zealand have bounced back from his duck to get 46 as well. But the man of the talk in that Hobart Hurricanes innings was Pierre Siddle, who took five for 16. Jesus. Yeah. yeah. So I heard that um, the Hobart Hurricanes complained to the umpires going, can you ask him to remove his white hair? But they just fucking couldn't get it sorted out. So. <laughs> but uh, Adelaide Strikers would chase it five down, so they got five for 147. Jake Weatherall would get 68, and Alex Gary would get 55. Faulkner would get two for 35, and Nathan Alice, Alice, who the fuck is Alice, would take two for 36 for the Hurricanes. So the votes for the boy were Pierre Siddle, Jake Weatherall, and Alex Carey. Making Pierre Siddle the first man to get on both lists this year. He got votes, and he's on the worst ons yeah. as well. Uh, worst on in the match was Will Jacks, who made a duck, and he bowled one over that went for 13. Left, lift your game, Will. Uh, match yep. nine was the Stars and the Scorchers, but that got caught off due to rain after... I think the Scorchers batted first, and the Stars innings got uh, rained out, so I just skipped over that. So match 10, which is yesterday's match and brings us up to date, apart from the match that's going on at the moment, was the Hobart Hurricanes defeat the Renegades by six wickets. Uh, Melbourne Renegades, uh, five for 157. Uh, Sam Harper, the young yapper behind the stumps, the gloves on, got 66. And the uh, big South African, Roy Yusu, got 59. Best of the bowling was the fucking Bull Masters playing for Hobart. Uh, Scotty Boland, he did two for 19. Turncoat. Yeah, and then the Hurricanes. Yeah. <laughs> the Hurricanes had a bat. They got six for 161. And it was conceived in the sex tape. Big Benny McDermott made 89 and just fucking carved them to all parts. Pick of the Renegades bowling was the young 15-year-old Afghanistan spinner, Noor Ahmed, who took one for 27. So the votes were because the bowling didn't really do anything special either. So the votes actually were McDermott got three, Harper got two, and Russo got one. Um, Jay Dernbach slash Andrew Johns medal was Chemo Paul, who bowled two overs that went at 13 and a half and over. So not really his best work there from Mr. Chemo. I've never heard of him, but I assume he's an international player. But, um, yeah, so that's the um, BBL, which brings us up to date with that. So a, there was a match on at the moment. The um, Sixers were playing the Strikers. So we'll, uh, we'll touch on that next podcast. But um, so from what we've got on the agenda, that that brings us to um to the end of the podcast. Does anyone have anything else that we've missed that they'd like to chip in before we sign off? Got one from yes, uh, a listener of ours, Michael, mm-hmm. uh, who also happens to be my brother. Um, <laughs> we won't name him because we're going to make him famous. Um, <laughs> said, sent me a message the other day saying, I just did a Google search looking for cricket podcasts. Look what came up. And there, in all its glory, number five on Google Cricket Podcast, oh, Mid-Off Cricket Podcast. Jesus. Fucking hell, mate. Mid-Off Cricket Podcast is a podcast covering local, first-class international <laughs> cricket from an Australian perspective. Frequency, two episodes a month, which is about right. Then it's yep. our link. Now, I'm going to hit you with some big numbers here, fellas. All right. Facebook fans, 131. A Ooh. critical mass. Raise your bat. Raise the bat. Yes. 100. Raise the bat. Twitter followers. <laughs> a daddy hundred too. Yeah, well, hold on. We're talking about daddy hundreds here. Twitter followers, exactly 200 apparently. Shit. Ooh. That must have been my critical mass tweet the other day. That was a fucking yeah. good one. Seven likes, I think. That was, that, that was a good one, actually. <laughs> uh, uh, we have a social engagement score of five, whatever that means. Oh, good. 
So uh, I think it's out of six, so we're close. Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 Six is critical mass. Seven mm-hmm. is right. like the world implodes on itself. So. <laughs> Domain authority, 93, whatever the fuck that means. Yeah. And we've got an Alexa rank of 117, so I'm choosing to think that's good. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think that's good. It's not a daddy Alexa rating. but No, it's, you know. no, it's not. So that's some of the feedback we've received. Well, wait, so that's very interesting. Um, do you have a would you rather for us, Alex? I'm guessing no, you don't. No, no, I got nothing, mate. No, I'm on holidays, got... mate. The feet's up. <laughs> I should have more time to do stuff like this, but I chose not to. <laughs> <laughs> the feet's up, he reckons. Uh, yeah. uh, that's fair enough. You can't blame yourself for that. Um, in local it, cricket news, actually, I just remember before we sign off today. Um, our old favourites in Premier Cricket, the Kingston um, Hawthorne Cricket Club, oh. played yesterday. I think the first five blokes all made ducks. So, yeah. well done. <laughs> well done to the train drivers and good work. So, fucking... Fuck yeah. this shit. They are fucking horrible. <laughs> they are so, so fucking shit. bad. Fuck yeah. Um, At least bloody um, North Melbourne and Greenvale sort of turned themselves around. Yeah, well, they're... they're mediocre. Out, yeah, they haven't had a great start to the year this year, Greenvale, but they're still competitive most of the time. Yeah. Yeah, then I guess five ducks get rolled from. No, well, that's exactly right. So, just um, just before we go, you got a final thought for us, Ross? <laughs> oh, Ross is not here. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I had a final thought. Fuck you, Justin Lang, and fuck you, Joe Burns. <laughs> and fuck you, Ross Slater. And with that, we'll say uh, <laughs> thank you for listening. Buy yourself some Frederick Howard socks. Yes. Um, it's probably a little bit late to get them delivered by Christmas, but <laughs> that bloke you don't see till after Christmas won't know you got them late. So fucking do yourself a favour and exactly. buy yourself some socks and help out a local Australian brand who's doing their little bit to help the environment in that situation. Good well. on him. So get around them. Um, yes, that's us signing off here for the three-man team. Of this yep. episode's Mid Off Cricket Podcast. We didn't uh, either, did we? Really? Yeah. I, thought, I thought it's as good as we've ever been. The pyramid of perfection. That's what I call us. <laughs> uh, uh, alrighty. We're the Holy Trinity of Cricket Podcasts. And it. with that, we'll. Uh, <laughs> thanks for listening and see you, see you later. Thanks, thanks guys. everyone.